talk to you about the shepherds this morning. The, the title of my message is a perception correction. A perception correction. How we perceive things in life will always demand an action. How you perceive your marriage, how you perceive your relationship with God, how you perceive Christmas, how you perceive anything that you perceive, your, your children or children, your parents, how you perceive something will demand that you bring an action to your perception. And I would just most humbly like to submit to you today that you need, I need, we need a perception correction. Now, the problem with very, very intelligent, smart, successful people is that if we're not careful, we will think that we have it all figured out. And we've got, I've got this. But the truth is, the only one that really has it is the one who came on Christmas Day. The one who was born in a manger. The one who gave up heaven to come to earth to show us what reality really is. Because many times, our perception is our reality, whether it's really true or not. That's okay. You don't have to say amen. I already know it's true. <laughs> so there was a man and he had a violin and he played six Bach pieces for about 45 minutes during uh, a, a time at the Washington DC Metro station on a cold January morning in 2007. Got up in this, in this train station and played six Bach pieces. 2,000 people went through the station, most of them on the way to work. After three minutes, uh, uh, one middle-aged man stopped and listened for a couple minutes. A three-year-old boy stopped, but his mama kept him moving. And, and uh, <coughs> the action was repeated by several children. 45 minutes, 45 minutes, the musician played continuously, and only six people stopped to listen for a short while. About 20 gave money, and the man collected a total of $32. One hour, he finished playing. He put his violin in, his, in its case and shut the case and picked it up and walked off. No one knew this, but the violinist's name was Joshua Bell, one of the greatest musicians in the world. He played one of the most intricate pieces ever written with a violin worth $3.5 million. Two days before Joshua Bell played this, he sold out at a theater in Boston where the seats averaged $100 a seat. He played in the Washington Metro Station and Joshua played incognito in the station and it was organized by the Washington Post as part of a social experiment about perception, taste, and people's priorities. The questions raised in a commonplace environment at an inappropriate hour, do we perceive beauty? <laughs> 
Do we stop to appreciate? Do we recognize talent? Or in this case, do we recognize the gift of eternal life in an unexpected context like a manger? Some choose to be actually offended by the truth because that is the perception that they believe. Some today are offended by nativity scenes. Perceptions, taste, priority equals eternal success or depending upon our perception, eternal death. Your perception, y'all with me? Your perception will determine your destination. How you perceive. It has been said in the past that you get what you pay for. It's not true. Not in this case. Because Jesus paid the price for you. And I would just humbly submit to you that the reason that a lot of people don't serve God because they just think it's just too good to be true. My Bible tells me that salvation is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast that God paid the price when he sent his only begotten son to be born in a manger so that you and I could see God. It darling alluded to it so that you, we can see Jesus for who he really is. That's why he came. Can you say amen to that? One possible conclusion reached from this violin experiment could be this. If we do not have a moment to stop and listen to one of the best musicians in the world playing some of the finest music ever written with one of the most beautiful instruments ever made, how many other things in life are we missing because of our perception? I don't know what your Christmas season has been like up to this point, but for some it can get crazy. For some it can get hectic, it can be exhausting, it can be frustrating, it can be fulfilling. As a result, it is possible to go through the Christmas season and totally miss the reason for the season. You see, Christ, Christ must is about Christ. It's always been about Christ and it will always be about Christ. So, in our text this morning, and if you have your Bibles, in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says, in the same region there were some shepherds. I'm talking about shepherds. Don't you love the story about the shepherds? You, you can't be American and not like the story about the shepherds. The shepherds, I mean, he just, the, uh, stay right there, wait. In the same region, there were shepherds staying out in the field and keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before him, them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Everybody say, don't be afraid. afraid. That's the message from God this morning. Don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news. Everybody say, good news. Of great joy. Say, great joy. Which shall be for all people. Say all people. people. For today in the city of David there is born to you a Savior. 
Who is Christ the Lord? And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts. You know what they were doing? They were doing what you're doing this morning. They were doing what we're doing. They were praising God. See, something about Jesus coming to visit and something about God's presence in our lives, it just demands the verdict of praise. And they were saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. And it came about that the angels had gone away from them into heaven. And then the shepherds began to say to one another, let's take a nap. They didn't say that. Aren't you glad you brought your Bibles this morning? They said, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. Isn't it funny how you can get more out of, the, out of this Christmas story, no matter how many times you read it? And they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about the child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told by the shepherds. The shepherds, they didn't miss the message of Christmas at all. Because today I just want to talk to you about four things that the shepherds got. The first thing was that they perceived the Christ child in a healthy manner. The second thing is that they did something else that starts with a P. <laughs> they pursued Christ. They perceived Christ. They perceived Christ. And they proclaimed Christ, and then they praised Christ. Perception. This will take a lifetime of learning to correctly perceive Christ. How many knows the closer you get to Jesus, the more you realize you need to get closer to Jesus? The more you perceive about God, you'll realize the more you need to learn about God. The more you understand God, the more you realize you, under, you need to understand more about God. Yeah. You never really arrive with this journey of perception. But in many ways, we allow the world, because the world has really done a better job of influencing the church than the church has done of influencing the world. In many cases, the world is a better missionary than the church is. And if we're not careful, we will allow the things of the world to bleed into the church instead of allowing the things in the church to bleed into the world. Let me tell you something, my friend. Our job today is to influence the world, but not be influenced by the world. <laughs> There's an old song we used to sing, How Big Is God? How big is God? How big and wide his vast domain? If you sing it opera style, it's really better. <laughs> to try to tell these lips can only start. 
He's big enough to rule the mighty universe, yet small enough to live within my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we'll go to any lengths to keep people engaged. <laughs> but here's what he said. They said, the angel said, a savior has been born. Mm, mm -mm. The savior, a savior has been born and he has a name. He is Christ the Lord. This is the Messiah. This is the one you all have been waiting for. Let's get the shepherds to proclaim the news. And the shepherds were the outcasts. Y'all stay with me. The shepherds were the outcasts of the community. They didn't like the, the people that were in charge, didn't like the shepherds because they moved around a lot and they didn't pay their income tax. True story. They told me I read that. That must be true. It was on the internet. <laughs> but the shepherds were the outcasts of the society. It was an interesting thing that God chose the shepherds. Perception acts as a lens through which we view reality. Our perception influences how we focus on, process, or remember, interpret, or understand, or synthesize, decide about, and act on reality. In doing so, listen to this, our tendency is to assume that how we perceive reality is an accurate representation of what reality truly is. Let me ask you this, if you were in charge of getting some important news out in the community, how would you do it? Oh, you'd say, well, I'd just probably put it on Facebook. <laughs> they didn't have Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat. They didn't have anything like that. And don't you think sometimes we just kind of bypass some of the necessary things and settle for the easier things? To actually go and actually do is different than just putting it on the internet. And if they, somebody responds in a way that you just don't like, you can just block them. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> I'm glad that Jesus didn't put it on the internet, that he just loves everybody instead of going to the cross. Amen. You see, we have a lot of opportunities to get the word out. If we perceive that it is important for us to spread the word and the truth about the Savior, this is what the shepherds had. I always get amused when people share the pictures of their food at a restaurant. It's like, what is the real underlying message here? We have good food, you don't. <laughs> But there was a message God perceived was a it was a tremendous value. Started with the shepherds. He started out in a pasture. That's why God loves cowboys, by the way. <laughs> out where the sheep grazed, and out there was a bunch of shepherds watching their sheep, and he gave this great uh, announcement that a Savior had been born, the eternal answer, the eternal to answer 
to our daily issues and daily problems was born in a manger. Have you ever wondered why God sent this special announcement? I mean, he could have sent the, an angel to the temple to proclaim the Lord's Savior to the priests. But he didn't. He could have sent the angel to the political leaders and told them of this baby's birth, but he didn't. He could have sent the angel to the rich and powerful, but he didn't. No, he sent him to the shepherds who were out there watching their sheep. They were doing their job, and they were doing it well, and God honored them. Why would he do that? Perhaps it's because the Bible over and over identifies Jesus as the good shepherd. Look, listen to what Jesus said. He said, I am. Everybody say, I am. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. John 10, 11. And again, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. John 10, 14. David understood that the shepherd cares for his sheep when he wrote the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not one, he lets me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for the shepherd, the good shepherd is with me. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. You bring discipline to me with your rod and thy staff, they come from me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Even though there's a lot of enemies around, don't like what we're doing we can just eat in peace <laughs> prepares a table before me presence of my enemy my cups runneth over God you've been so good you are so good to me my cup runneth over <laughs> surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life goodness and mercy Wherever you go, there they are. Goodness and mercy. Hey. All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. And as long as you can keep saying forever, that's how long you're going to be there. The good shepherd. Perceive God. Pursue him. The Bible doesn't tell us how long. The angel stuck around, but in Luke 2.15, it says, let us go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened. The thing that the Lord has made known to us. What has the Lord made known to you? Now, you can't tell somebody about something you've not experienced or not understood. I can't get up here and preach about something that I don't know about. You can't say something. Oh, you can, but everybody will know you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but a person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. Once you've experienced the Christ child, once you've experienced the presence of God in your life, once you've come into his presence and you know there's something going on on the inside of you, just something happening on the You can't really explain it and put it into words, but you know something's happened, that God has taken a hold of your life and you're beginning to perceive God better. You're pursuing God and you want God to be 
in your life and you want to be in God's life. And all of a sudden, something changed so other people can argue against what you understand, but they can never be at your mercy because you know God, because you've been in the presence of God. They said, let us go and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. Let's go. I read something this past work last, last week, and I'll probably mess it up. I just, it just came to me. <clears throat> but it says, being a Christian and not going to church is like being married and not going home. I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> he said, let us go. If you can't come to church, you watch online, beautiful. But if you can come, you need to come and, and rub shoulders with people. Don't, don't let the COVID. He said, fear not. Don't let the COVID dictate your religion to you. A shepherd... Bible doesn't tell us how long it took for the shepherds to find Christ, but I can tell you this, they didn't hesitate. <laughs> they didn't procrastinate. We got any good procrastinators out there? Raise your hand if you're... I mean, we're not proud of it, right? I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it, it is what it is, but my name is Randy Waver. I'm better at procrastinating than I need to be. They didn't procrastinate. They went as quickly as they could to see the reality of the message that had been given to them. They wanted to see if it was real. And it was. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't a hallucination. It wasn't a fairy tale. This was the real deal. They found the baby, the savior of the world in a manger, just like they had been told. Christ still wants to be found by you. He's available. Matthew 7, 7, Jesus said this. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Everybody say ask. Yes. And then it says, seek and you shall find. Say seek. And then it says, knock. Say knock. Yeah. And it will be open and you ask, seek, knock. So here's, here's my challenge to you this morning. And I've been thinking about this all morning. Is that we have, a, I've said it a lot when I was preaching, I've said, all God asks for us is to try, to try hard. And I've said that, but I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I buy into that anymore because trying is important. I'm not saying, I'm not dis, I'm not saying it's not important, but doing is better than trying. We can all talk about what we want to do, and a lot of us are real good at, well, if, I did, if this had happened, or this had happened. The shepherds didn't say, well, let me check my calendar. <laughs> you know, I've, I'm, I'm really busy today. And you know what? I got these sheep. You know what I'm saying. I, I just, you know, uh, I'll tell you what. I'll just, I'll send a email. And... Y'all with me? 
but doing is different than just trying. And I really believe that God honors people who do so much more than people who just try. Because the scripture says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. The shepherds, they jumped in there and they, they like, they didn't even hesitate. It's like that guy, you heard me say, he says, I'm in this deal clear up to my ankles. And the guy said, well, that's not very far. He said, you don't understand. I went in head first. <laughs> God wants people who will go in head first. And don't look back. He said, well, preacher, I'm going to make mistakes. Who cares? Try. Do something. Do something. We got people that do. I love you guys. Because we got this, this whole church is full of doers. They greeted you in the parking lot. Y'all with me? They greeted you out here when you walked in the door. People, they're, they're taking care of all y'all's kids, all you married people. They, hopefully y'all are married. <laughs> <laughs> doers. The kingdom of God is made up of doers. Find something. Don't just try Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> they didn't, just didn't stay in their fields looking at their sheep, but they pursued God and they found him. We must make an effort. And after they found them, they went to proclaim Christ. Uh, <coughs> verse 17, when the shepherds had seen this, they, had, they made known the statement which had been told them about the, about the child and all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. They just didn't bring the experience and take it in. Have uh, you ever seen that show on TV called Hoarders Buried Alive? I say this in love. Trust me, I do, but... but. <laughs> When you say but after you say a statement, it means forget what I said before because I'm really going to say what I really mean now. <laughs> That's what it really means. We have in the church circles, we have spiritual hoarders. People who take it in, they hoard in everything, but it's a stale pond. It's kind of like the Dead Sea and the Great Salt Lake. They have live water going into the lake, but they don't have any outlet. Therefore, the water that comes in becomes stale and stagnant. Let's not be spiritual hoarders. Can everybody say amen? amen. God gives you. You what you have for the purpose of giving to others so he can, you can make more room for what God has to give you. That's good preaching. <laughs> the shepherds were amazed. Mary and Joseph were amazed too because of the presence of God. For them, it was reality. It was no fairy tale. It wasn't a hoax. They had firsthand knowledge of what was going on and they were excited about it. It was a Christ-centered message. Now, we at Christmas time, we sing different songs about chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Frosty the Snowman, Winter Wonderland, sugar plums dancing on their heads, silver bells brightly wrapped in packages, and jolly old St. Nicholas and Rudolph, you know. And, 
But their message, and these are all good. I'm not saying that's bad. But listen, we got to keep it centered on Jesus. This Christmas thing is about Christ. Max Lucado wrote it this way. He said, the announcement went first to the shepherds. They didn't ask God if he was sure he knew what he was doing. Had the angels gone to the theologians, they would have consulted their commentaries. Had he gone to the elite, they would have looked around to see if anyone was watching. Had they gone to the successful, they would have first looked to see if there was any, it was on their calendars. Live and die by the calendar. So he went to the shepherds, men who didn't have a reputation to protect or an axe to grind or a ladder to climb. Men who didn't know enough to tell God that angels don't sing to sheep. And the messiahs aren't found wrapped in rags and sleeping in a feed trough. Most of all, they are men who could focus their attention that night on Christ. They heard the message from the angel and perceived Christ. They wanted to check it out. They, they pursued Christ. They told the story. They proclaimed the Christ. And then my last point. They praised Christ. I'm telling you, God's looking for some worshipers this morning. He's looking for somebody who'll stand up and say something about worship. You were created and you were made. The reason you're in church today, you may not really know it or even completely recognize it, but you were created and made to worship God. When you get to heaven... As here on earth, if you are uncomfortable worshiping here on earth, you're not going to be very comfortable in heaven either. Well, you probably will because you'll have a perfect mind and a perfect body. You won't be inhibited by the same things. Somebody stay with me now. You won't be inhibited by the same things you're inhibited with. You won't be worrying about what people think when you raise your hands. Listen, if you can just do it half staff. You got to start someplace. <laughs> raise your hands if you're sure. That was a deodorant commercial, by the way. He said, raise your hands if you're sure. But it works in the kingdom of God. He said, with my hands lifted up, with my mouth filled with praise, with a heart of thanksgiving, I will bless thee, O Lord. I don't want to be out down by something that's dead. My goodness, we are alive, a church that's alive and worship. You were created, I was created for the purpose of worshiping our creator. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as they had been told. Why did the shepherds praise God? Because God has sent the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. God proved to them that he was real, that his promises were true. The shepherds' lives were changed forever. Why? Because they had an encounter with Christ. They proclaimed Christ, and now they could praise Christ. Their lives were changed forever. Experience Christ, praising Christ. <laughs> ah, I need to look at that again. Mm -hmm. 
So I told you a story a long time ago about, and I'm going to repeat myself. So when I repeat myself, I just, the reason I repeat myself is because what I repeat is worth repeating. Yeah. <laughs> In my opinion. That's my perspective. My perspective. <laughs> So there was a young man in, in seminary, and he had a conversation with his professor. And in seminary, he asked his professor, he couldn't really, he wasn't really passionate about going into the ministry, but he felt like he should go into the ministry. So the professor sent him to an old man's house out in the country. So the, the, the student walked up, and the, the old man was sitting on the porch, and his dog was laying there beside him. And then the seminary student talked to the old guy about, about his problem. The old guy said, well, you know, i just tell you about old Blue, my dog. He said, uh, the other day, he said, there was a rabbit running across the pasture. He said, my dog jumped up, old Blue ran up, and he started chasing that rabbit. He says, as he went through the pasture, the other neighbor dogs joined in the chase. He said, you could see the, all those dogs running over the hills chasing this rabbit. But he said, after a while, all of the neighbor dogs gave up and went home. He said, but old Blue, he stayed after the rabbit. The old man sat back in his rocking chair and uh, <laughs> this dude, and he goes, what is, what is, what, what is chasing rabbits? And your dog have to do with anything that I came to talk to you about. And the old man, he said, the old man, he said, you, you fail to ask the right question. And the student, he said, well, what is the right question? He said, the right question is, why did all the neighbor dogs stop chasing the rabbit? Why did they stop? And said, why did they stop? He said, the neighbor dogs never saw the rabbit. They were just running with the other dogs. But the dog that saw the rabbit stayed in the chase. Yes. Have you had a vision of the Savior today? Have you actually experienced Christ? who Jesus really is. You, you give yourself permission to embrace the process of perceiving God because that's what really makes the heart of God happy. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to always see you to keep our eyes fixed on you as the author and the finisher of our faith. I pray, oh God, for everybody here today, everybody watching online. Lord, I pray today that you would help us in our perception. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, Lord, to proclaim and to perceive you. Help us, oh God, to praise you and worship you because you are worthy of all praise. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, if you've never 
accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the scripture tells us that the first step in knowing God is accepting him as your Savior. The scripture calls this experience being born again. And what that means is that you were born of the flesh, but Jesus said you must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit. We can't just be uh, following Jesus at a distance. We must have him take up residence in our lives and give our lives to him. So this, this morning, if you've never accepted Christ, or maybe if you have, and you just really haven't been living for him simply by raising your hand and saying, Preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. I want God in my life. Slip your hand up high. Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up high. Anybody. Preacher, that's me. Anybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Anybody. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be, would you mind standing to your feet right now? You know, all the, all this message is about is having, having a, the right heart to receive what God has for us. The thing that I love about God is that, that uh, being a preacher, Dora talked about taking the offering. It's like, it's like, Whenever we give to God, we all, we're the ones that always get blessed by him. I mean, it's like, it's like you get the air conditioning and the heating this morning. We all get that. But it's paid for with your money that you give to God that God gives back to us to bless us. Does that make sense? I mean, trust me, when we were in the tent, it was hot in the summer and cold in the winter, no matter how much we worked at. But God blesses us. That's my point. And all we have to do is, is look at the gift that God's given us. So today, I will, my challenge to you, and, and how many will raise your hand and say, Preacher, I am open to everything, to perceive everything that God has for me. And I don't want to have a personal agenda, but only what God has for me. That's what I want. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for everybody here this morning. May your word live and reside, and may we be like the shepherds where we perceive and proclaim and, and embrace the process of serving you and worshiping you and praising you, oh God. Help us, Lord, to be faithful people in everything we do. And may we learn, Lord, from the lowly shepherds in the pasture how much you care for each and every one of us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody say it. Amen. God bless y'all. We love you. Look forward to seeing you on your Christmas Eve. We got our prayer team up here. God bless you.